1: I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and intern George Johnson. Where Washington was defeated by Utah today, thirty-three to twenty-eight, in front of an announced attendance of sixty-nine thousand two hundred seventy. Utah goes to eight and one overall, five and one in conference. Washington drops to five and four overall and two and four in conference. And we'll have to do some homework and find out last time Washington was two and four in conference. Kickoff time was 1.05. Elapsed time for the game was 3 hours 15 minutes which seems to be pretty much the norm. Temperature at kickoff was 57 degrees sunny and uh, nice day at Husky Stadium. Tough loss. Washington started out pretty quick but uh, boy just towards the end of the half they just couldn't stop Utah Scott.
0: Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that in the first half. In the second half I mean Washington scored on the first possession in the last possession of, se- of the second half for them. And, um, yeah, the first half, I thought Washington played pretty well. I thought it was a huge mistake by Peterson um, to go for it on fourth down. Um, and everybody's been complaining that why are they throwing it to Culp? Well, that, he was, like, the third option on that play. So, <clears throat> I, you know, they didn't call that for him. But at the very least, you should have run the clock all the way down to, like, 30 seconds if you're going to go for it, because then that gives, if you don't get it, that gives Utah only 30 seconds to get down. And Utah ends up going down and kicking a field goal. And, I mean, that that took a lot of momentum out of the Huskies, I thought.
1: Yeah, and on that fourth down, you know, Devin culp you know, they're saying that he was the primary target. I'm not sure. No.
2: No. No, no one's saying that, Kevin.
1: Uh, you might want to check. Bush, what Bush Hamden
2: said. Well, Bush Hamden's wrong because Chris Peterson <laughs> said. Let's, let's put it this way. The way Jacob Eason was looking, there's yeah. no way Devin Cole was the first yeah. option. There. Jacob De-
0: Eason looked to his right, to the middle, and then threw it over the Bush
2: top. Hamden can tell me that I'm his grandpa, and mm-hmm. it doesn't make it true. Uh, I
1: have to go back and listen to the tape. I'm pretty sure Bush said well,
2: it. Well, he, Peterson whatever whatever, said whatever it. Bush Hamden said, Kim, it's not true. Yeah. If that's if that's if you are relaying correctly information, that's not true. Okay. Well, no, there's just no way. What? Go back and watch the tape. I'm just telling you
1: what I was told by Bush and I'm pretty are sure. But yeah, I'll go,
0: yeah, I, I'll I'll go, go back mean, and listen. Hold on to a second, though. What did Chris Peterson say in the in the press conference? Yeah. You were there. Yeah. He said. He wasn't the guy we were throwing to.
1: And credit to the defensive back for Utah, because Devin Culp had it in his oh, hand, yeah. and then the guy just ripped his arm back. So it was a nice play. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's in losses, you tend to pick everything apart. You know, a fourth down, and they're running an option with Jacob Eason?
2: Well, I mean, it, it was an option play. I mean, he could have. he could have... He could have pitched it if he'd wanted to.
1: Yeah. Have you seen anything with Jacob Eason's feet this year? You know, scrambling out of the pocket, just moving on the run or running the football that would make you want to run Jacob Eason on an well, option.
0: They ran an option against Oregon and scored. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm just not sure on that, and it's it's a little bit frustrating. And I I'm not big on um, criticizing play calls, but you know, I saw a lot of today, and I've been seeing it all year. You know, on third and third downs you know they're making plays and they're throwing it behind the chains and um, i mean in front of the chains instead of behind the chains so you know they have maybe one guy out in the pattern who's beyond the chains and everybody else is underneath and they're expecting guys to catch the ball make a move and run past the chains and it just doesn't seem to have worked this year. Well, they're
2: they're expecting a guy to make a play. God forbid. Well, no. When you've got, I mean, when that's you've what got, they're here for. When is you to make f- a play. When
1: you got five receivers and one is beyond the first down markers and that's done consistently, and that's what I was seeing today. Well, quite a bit.
2: All I know is that you've got okay. Let's say Terrell Bonham is short of the sticks and doesn't get a first down on one series. Fourth, he he gets it on he gets it on almost the same exact type of drag route in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Makes a guy miss. Gets like 16, 17 yards
1: the plays were out there to be made Are you more comfortable with guys beyond the chains beyond the first down markers or guys be, you know having to make a play i don't know you know i'd like to see those patterns a little bit deeper and i think that's been an issue all year you've seen that you know the downfield attempts haven't been that great and whether it's been you know a scheme where they're not really getting guys downfield but uh, you know it, it gets a little frustrating to see the short passes consistently you know b- before the you know the first down markers
0: yeah, I mean, I've never liked throwing under the, you know, at to the down markers. Some of those are on the, the receivers, some of those are on the defensive backs. If they're taking away two guys that are that are beyond the change, you got to get the ball out. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 just it's so hard. It's so hard to know since we don't I mean, granted, we get to see a different perspective cuz we're in the press box, but we don't get to see everything. It's easier when you're looking from behind, you know, on, on the view 22. And I, I don't know. I, I don't, it's, there's really not an answer, a good answer
1: one way or the other. What was up with Jake, Jacob Eason today? <laughs> I mean, what was he doing? What do you mean? On the turnovers.
2: Well, I don't know. Three, four touchdowns. But then the two picks that he threw were really costly, whether it was the, I, I assume it was a wheel route. I mean, it was some sort of sideline delayed sideline yeah. route. He, uh, uh, Kate Otten was running just
0: kind of an out route, and he turned it up. Yeah. But it wasn't—I don't think that was the actual route. So
2: I it think. was a scramble drill. I think it was more of a scramble drill. Yeah. So, but but I mean, it was but deep. It was, it was coverage. Yeah, and it was within the what the inside their ten is when they picked it off. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. And then obviously the pick six. Mm-hmm. We can say it's the difference in the game. No. Well, both yeah. of those those plays because that took three minimum three points away from the Huskies
0: and
1: added seven points to. Utah's score. Yeah, well, guy, I guess six points because um, they missed the two-point conversion on the pick six. Some guy says, "Is that Jake Browning out there?" The guy behind me said that because that I don't. That was just a really bad panic throw.
2: Yeah. That, yeah, I mean he's got he's got to know when to fight another down. I mean it's just that simple. I mean it wasn't. It was the the game was there to be won or lost. It was right there in the balance, and you can't. I mean those are literally game changing plays.
1: You know, we talked about uh, you know the, one of the keys to the game being able. If Washington was going to be able to run on Utah, mm-hmm. they weren't. They weren't they, able to. They
0: actually were. They were running really well in the first half. They, re- they were running for 4.2 yards per carry. The problem is, I mean, they ended up with 53, right? 53 yards. Okay, but 20 of those were sacks by, on Eason,
1: right? Well, you okay. had Savon Ahmed with 14 carries for 50 yards, and... Uh, no other running backs. I mean, Terrell Bynum had a carry. Sean McGrew had one. Hunter Bryant had one. Andre Pacelli had one. And Jacob Eason had four. But, I mean,
0: in the first half they were running, they just they got away from it. They threw the ball 52 times.
1: 52 times? Yeah. Is that because they knew they couldn't run the ball? I've, no. I don't
0: think it was that. I think they just felt like they were going to be able to – I think toward in the second half they were stacking the box a little bit more so you couldn't run it. But in the first half they were
1: running just fine. Yeah, you're up here. I'm down on the field, and I'm seeing different things on third and short. Again, you know, they're throwing the football.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, that's because they were stacking the box. You can't run when you got got seven blockers for ten guys in the box. Yeah, just
1: also, uh, you know, how did you feel about the defensive scheme today, Scott?
0: I thought it was good early. I don't think they made adjustments in the second half. I mean – Washington got after them early. I mean, uh, Joe Tryon had two early sacks. <clears throat> Ryan Bowman had a sack. Um, Benning Potowai was really disruptive. Levi Onzareke was really disruptive. I saw guys in the backfield. Um, Zach Moss really had to work hard for his hundred yards.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was really impressed with the with the defense, especially at first, the way they just. I was expecting to come and see Zach Moss with 200 yards and you know three touchdowns or whatever. I don't know how many touchdowns he ended up having, but um, I, I was really impressed to see us, um, you know, kind of stuff in that line and especially getting to Huntley. We haven't done a ton of that this season. So I, and and Utah hasn't allowed a ton of, of sacks this season. So um, I was I was I was happy to see the defense get after him a little Utah,
0: bit. Utah Utah had allowed seven sacks coming into this game, and Washington had four in the first half. Kyler Gordon got burned. Dominic Hampton got burned. Yeah, but the big one was Elijah Molden getting burned at least twice on on plays that he shouldn't be beaten on. Yeah.
1: There's just a lot of things that just didn't go right today. They had some bright moments, but, boy, overall, it was just a tough day out there on both sides of the ball.
2: Well, again, simple execution errors offensively. I mean, you know, you get the ball back on fumbles. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a couple false starts, and you've just backed yourself right up into a corner. And then on that last – you know, on the last scoring drive for Utah – they had third down opportunities to get off the field. And they had been doing a really good job up to that point, of, for the most part, of getting off the field. And then they just, you know, Tyler Huntley, give him credit. He put the ball up there for his guys to make plays, and they made plays. And uh, Jacob Eason had an opportunity to kind of do some of the same similar stuff and just couldn't
1: execute. Washington only had six penalties, but the two right in a row, the two false starts, you know, were just killer. Mm-hmm. And they were just killer. Um, yeah, um, Sometimes I just I, I'm just kind of at a loss for words on what's going on today. I really am.
2: Utah is really good. Yeah, it's go. ninth best team in the country. I don't know if people forget that or
1: Man. they're pretty good. They were
2: handing everyone
0: their butt like up until this week. This Man. is the first team to even get push them.
2: Well, and and th- think about it too is if they hadn't if they hadn't coughed up the ball a couple times, it may have been even more comfortable. But again, Washington just could not take advantage when utah was making mistakes whereas when washington made a mistake utah pounced on it i mean washington did a great job when Easton fumbled the ball early in the game to limit them to three points but that pick six I mean, you, those are just mistakes you can't overcome eventually in, in a tight game like this.
1: Well, the other thing that's frustrating too is, you know, when Washington went ahead by 14 to Oregon and they give Oregon the ball and they couldn't stop them and Oregon went back and scored and, you know, I'd have to go back and look at the stats. But I saw that happening again today. Washington was scoring and then not able to really hold Utah out. Well, so so basically what it was was uh, Washington
0: was up 21-13 in the uh, – uh, early in the second half, like right after that first drive, the teams kind of exchange punts, exchange turnovers, all those different things. And um, and then they throw the pick six, and that was when it all kind of went downhill. I mean, uh, Utah had two 80 plus yard drives, they had an 82 yard drive, and they had a 84 yard drive in the second or in the fourth quarter alone and Washington just didn't have an offensive answer. You don't have those 80-yard drives if your offense is able to at least put together something, and they didn't.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it's about the matchups, and Savon Ahmed against Utah's defense I don't think is a really good matchup. He's not the type that's going to break tackles and get yards after contact. And, you know, other than, I mean, he's the only other, Sean McGrew's the only other running back who got a carry, and he got one, and it was all Savon Ahmed.
2: Well, again, yeah. When you when you're missing Richard Newton, Sean McGrew, clearly, I don't think was 100. percent I mean, or I think they would have used him a lot more. Cameron Davis now has a either a something cast down, or something, something yeah, yeah, something on his hand. He's got a, yeah, he's got, a, um,
1: he's got a cast on his left hand. Yeah,
2: so you're just you got running backs dropping left and right, and we know Chris Peterson what he says about those guys. You know, they take a pounding and. They're really down in the depth. And, and obviously, they were shy about using Kamari Pleasant. I mean, he was only there in blocking situations for the most part. So they're really they are really struggling right now to find a guy outside of Ahmed that can do something for him.
1: Well, there was a guy on the sidelines there after the game and before the game. Uh, JV on Sunday looked there. And by the way, he looks bigger than 5'10". He looks like he's about 6'1". one. looks... In person, he looks a lot taller, so nice-looking kid, by the way, yeah. but that's a whole other conversation. But um, just taking a look down the stat sheet real quick, um, net yards rushing, Washington with 53, Utah with 115. Total uh, net yards passing, Washington with 316, Utah with 284. Um, that 284 number seems like a big number to get up give up to um, Utah. Uh, Total offensive yards, Washington with 369, Utah with 399. Penalties, Washington was – I thought they had a pretty good game, pretty clean game except for those two offsides in a row. Only six penalties for 25. Utah only three for 15. Time of possession, Washington 25 minutes, 26 seconds. Um, Utah 34-34. But you take a look at the fourth quarter, Utah had the ball for 10 minutes. Washington only had the, um, the ball for five. Again, the third down conversions. Utah, 9 of 16. It's going to be tough to get it done when you're giving up that many opportunities on third down. Washington was 6 of 16. The big number points off of turnovers. Utah with 9 points off of turnovers. There's your game. Uh, Zach Moss, 27 27 hard carries for 100 net yards. Uh, Tyler Hundley, 19 of 24 for 284. Um, Zach Moss also had five receptions for 41 yards, and again, when you take a look at the rushing yards, Savon Ahmed with 14 carries for 50 yards, you know, Terrell Bynum, Sean McGrew, Hunter Bryant, Andre Buscelli all, all had one carry. Uh, Terrell Bynum kind of had a breakout game, too. He had a nice game with seven receptions for 68 yards. Hunter Bryant, six for 105 and two touchdowns. Leading tackler. Do you know who the leading tackler was today? Yeah. It was Keith Taylor with eight tackles. Elijah Molden with seven. Levi Anwuzerike with seven tackles. And Joe Tryon with two sacks. Ryan Bowman with a sack. Terrell Burgess, ten, um, ten tackles for... Um, Utah. For Utah. I know, yeah. I know. Are you, are you tired? Or are you yeah, tired? I am. I feel kind of beat up. I, 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 I you mean, you did, sound a little down in the dumps. Oh, no, I, I kind of got beat up down there and the, you know, had all my warm gear on, and then the sun came out and just taking it on and off and running up and down, and then my te- phone te- – T- text blowing up my phone everybody pissed off but this is just a tough game it really was a tough game and
2: can i just say this
0: stop texting kim in the middle of games <laughs> no right after the games or, or right after the games don't text at all <laughs> yeah, don't, don't
2: if you're pissed off don't text yeah we have message boards for that i don't need to hear it <laughs> apparently we did have some outcome in the game if you're getting texts all the time people must think you have some sway.
1: yeah i mean i didn't miss any tackles today <laughs> So,
2: I think you missed a couple catches, though.
1: Yeah. Um, by the way, um, just before I forget, I a lot of ex-huskies here today. Greg Gaines on the sidelines. Uh, Taylor Rapp had a film crew with him. I don't know what that was about. Um, I think
2: the Rams are doing something with
1: him. Yeah. Vita Vea was down on the sidelines blocking out the sun. Jordan Miller was here. Um, am I missing it Drew
2: Sample was
1: here? Drew Sample was here. Yeah, he was hanging out with Greg Gaines. and. Um, just an fyi greg gaines bought a camaro drew sample bought a truck but he says he's still got the prius he's never selling the prius I was gonna say, is there such a thing as
2: a prius truck no who would buy a
1: prius his mom and dad bought it for him when he was in high school yeah how long ago was that a long time ago yeah
0: Anybody who buys Prius is a sucker. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, it wow, was, hot
1: take. Yeah, it was good. It was good seeing those guys on the sideline. Vita Vea, uh, especially, he's just huge, and he's really, really exploding down at Tampa. So he's having a um, good second season. Yeah, and uh, Buda Baker was expected to show, but um, I did not see him or Zeke Turner. Both of those guys were tentative to show up, and neither one did. Some recruits on the sideline, Scott.
0: Yeah, I mean, there there was a handful. Garen Hatchet, uh, Carson Bruner were both there. Um, Saw a guy, Stevie Rocker. I need to look him up. um, He was a pretty impressive-looking kid. Um, saw uh, Jake Overman on the sidelines talking with Co- Coach Pau Pau before the game. And that's official visit for him, right? Official visit, yeah. He's the only uncommitted official visitor. And then you had JV on Sunday, who I did not see. Kim saw him, but I did not see him um, before the game. Sam Heward.
1: Um, he was there? Sam was there. Okay. Was Savelle there? Uh, I did not see Savelle. I saw his running back, um, Reed Schumpert. Mm-hmm. And uh, who else did I see? Uh, Oh, uh, Carson Brunner was there as well. And um, the guy that I really like keeping an eye on, Caden Jumper. His dad was Brandon Jumper, so uh, Caden Jumper was there. You like Caden Jumper a lot too. I Caden Jumper. I think he's a great-looking linebacker prospect. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, uh, George, I mean, is it sorority mix night tonight or uh, study for finals for mid Hey, my midterms are over.
3: Uh, it's gonna be a good end of the hollow week tonight, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it was a busy week. So, um, yeah, people probably just go drown their sorrows tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Hey, Tell us what that means. Hey, I will not be out there personally, but uh, I'll be walking back up in Greek Row, seeing. Who knows what out there. So, yeah, could be a wild one tonight.
1: Yeah, we're just going to go ahead and cut this short tonight. I mean, it's just we've still got a lot of work to do, and I think people are just – You sound just, worn out. Oh, I am worn out. I feel like I got beat up. I feel like I got beat up. But uh, we've got a short week with a football game down in Corvallis on Friday. We have a game up in um, – is it Fairbanks or Anchorage? Uh, no, Anchorage? Anchorage, Alaska against Baylor that's going to be – uh, yeah, that's going to be crazy. And for those of you who haven't seen this basketball team, oh, my. <laughs> They're going to be something special. They're going to lose some games that they shouldn't lose. But, boy, are they talented. Is that and unacceptable,
0: they... Kim? It's unacceptable to lose games that you shouldn't lose.
1: What does that mean? Exactly. What, does that, what exactly. is that unacceptable? I mean... so,
0: well, one thing I will say is leave it to the Pac-12 to schedule a night game for the football team on Friday night, and to have one of their what? What was Washington voted the third best team in the conference? conference yeah. yeah, yeah. So the third best team in the conference on display against a pretty good. I think Baylor's top Big twenty-five. 12, yeah, 12, pretty good yeah. top yeah. Big Twelve team. Yeah. An hour before the Husky <laughs> football game. No. It, it just. I mean.
1: These people are idiots. Man. Final thoughts Scott Eckman. This is this is an epic version of Dogman Radio post game. Final so thoughts Scott Eckman. Um,
0: Utah's better. Washington isn't as good as we all thought they were going to be. And the good, the talent on this team is really young. I think they're going to be pretty good in a couple years or pretty good next year and maybe really really good in a, in a couple years after that. But um, right now, they're, they're going through growing pains. And, and we've talked about, Fetters and I talked about it when you were on, uh, vaca- or, uh, down on the road, um, down in California and then Arizona. Um, Fetters and I talked about it. I, we asked the question, is Bush Hamden on the hot seat? Is he gonna be here at the end of the seat after the end of the season? You know, And I think that's still very much up in the air. But anybody who's calling for a coach's head, it's not gonna happen until after the season. It's just not. Assistant coaches. Assistant. Well, Chris Peterson ain't going anywhere. Anybody who thinks he needs to be fired really should choose a different team to look at because Chris Peterson ain't getting fired. I saw a post on
1: the message board. Who's going to hold him accountable?
0: You? Not you, as <laughs> yeah. in like the person. Yeah, well, yeah. Why don't you walk up to Chris Peterson person and you, you tell that to them?
1: And just real quick, Chris, you've been doing this a long time. You've dealt with a lot of coaches. Chris Peterson is competitive as any coach. And if anybody thinks that he's taken this lying down and isn't pissed off about it, why you do you think know Chris he,
0: he's thing? been pissier in in press conferences than I've seen him ever? Why why is he like that if he
1: isn't competitive? Yeah, no, he's he's not he happy. He doesn't like losing. George Johnson, final thoughts before you go out and drown your sorrows with the uh, which sort purple, purple sor- drink? What, what fraternity are you in?
3: I'm actually in the 17th Ave house. It's a Christian fraternity, basically. So, What's your favorite sorority? Oh, oh man. <laughs> uh, Don't
1: get him. He's got
0: a girlfriend. What,
3: the house that my girlfriend lives in. is my, She's not in a sorority, so that house is my favorite. <laughs> Are there any off-limits? Oh, man. Uh, I, I wouldn't be seven
0: foot into Pi Fi anytime soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Final
1: <laughs> thoughts weren't on the, the game. Weren't the
0: Gamma Phi's the one that treated guys like guys treat women? G five.
3: Uh, my my roommate actually dates a G five, so oh, she's okay. really nice. So, all right. <laughs> so take that as what you will. Final thoughts in the game. Pretty disappointed. <laughs> I thought we were going to pull it out today somehow. Um, yeah, defense. Uh, you know, I liked how we looked for the most part on obviously run run defense, but you know, pass defense not ideal. Um, yeah, just a, kind of a bummer season. I, my, I know my expectations were way higher than four losses after week nine or ten, whatever. So yeah, not great, but bounce back against uh, OSU next week.
1: Chris Feathers, final
3: thoughts.
2: Yeah, I was just looking at that fourth uh, quarter drive by Washington uh, near the end of the game. I think I saw eighteen, eighteen passes, nineteen passes, yeah, nineteen passes by Jacob Eason in that drive. I think, but I think it kind of was emblematic of the entire game. You know, they score, they do, but it just it didn't feel like the urgency was there. It didn't feel like. You got the sense that they believed that they were gonna yeah. have a chance to pull this thing out. And I think it comes down to second second half adjustments. I mean, Washington came out obviously with a great game plan, both offensively and defensively. Bush Hamden, I mean, they were they were running the ball okay, but they were but they were mixing it up. They were able to get the ball down the field. Defensively, they really came out with their hair on fire. I was telling Joe Tryon and Ryan Bowman after the game, I mean, I, there were just some plays out there in the first half where they looked like they were shot out of cannons. I mean, they were just they were splitting guys and just having their way. Second half comes around, and it doesn't feel necessarily like a different story, but it just feels like whatever the reaction was by the other team, they don't have the counter. and And, and if they do have the counter, they can't execute it. And so it's just, like Kim said, Chris Peterson is his, competitive as they get and when he knows they have the ability to match these guys and play to play them to the wire and probably beat them if they don't make some mistakes and make some some critical detail errors that's what's going to be ultimately gnawing at him for the next few days and they don't have a long time to wait either because they got to turn right around and go back on the road and then they're going to be playing an Oregon State team that just happened to go down to Arizona today and kicked the living crap out of the, the 56, Wildcats. 56-38. 56-38.
0: Yeah. 500 right now? Four, four and four.
2: Yeah. yeah, who'd have thought? Who'd have thought with that? So it's they have no time to rest. I mean, I asked some of those guys how quickly you have to get over this stuff, and they're like, yeah, we don't have very long because we've got another game to play and we got to clean this stuff up right away. You could tell these guys are a little salty right now. I think they realized this was in their grasp. Yeah. um, I, two games. I don't know. Two what, straight games in their grasp that they let get
0: out.
1: I'm not sure what was more discombobulated today, the Washington Huskies on the field or us during this podcast. I know I am a little bit, but uh, no, it's just, you know, it's tough. You know, I thought that Washington going into the season, I thought that they would be favored in every game, you know, going into the season, and that obviously didn't happen. There's been a lot of shortcomings, especially on the defense, the growing pains. I think the uh, offensive line has underperformed. I thought they had their moments today, and they had some, you know, what the hell was that moments as well. Um, Play calling? Well, I mean, you know, there's some criticism that needs to be thrown that way, you know, and I'm not real big on play calling. I think it has more to do on execution, but there was definitely some head scratchers out there today. It was a beautiful day at Husky Stadium. There's only one home game left this season. We've got um, two road games and... Uh, that you're looking forward to? we got two road games, it's Corvallis and Colorado and then the Apple Cup and they still got to win one more game to become bowl eligible. So we'll see what happens. And I'm just, you know, basketball's coming up soon, you know, so we're looking forward to that. So you're raising your hand, George.
3: Oh, I cannot wait for basketball season. I'm going to be – Probably a little more tuned into the basketball game this Friday than, than the football game, but I'll
1: be watching both. So. All right. Fedders and I will be down in Corvallis where can't wait for the aroma of the alder from the wood stoves that just kind of slowly oozes its way down on the field. Well, do you, you know Stadium. what
2: the best part of going to a game at Research Stadium is for the media?
1: Chainsaw? No.
2: Parking is like literally 50 feet away from the entrance.
1: Oh. I'd rather it was a little further away. I would get my steps in, get my exercise in.
2: You get plenty of exercise.
0: I don't understand why the why the big boosters here get to park under the stadium. It should be media, shouldn't it? We're the ones who are working.
2: I don't know. There's some guys that get to mark, park in the triangle.
1: Yeah, because you stole my parking pass for the triangle one year, and you didn't Never, tell did. Me. Yes,
2: Never you did. did. Yes, no. you did. Maybe it was me. I got it that year. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Uh, uh, George, you carried my bag up the stairs about a third of the way. What did you think? That's
3: right. That's no fun, right there. I would not be wanting to do that very often. My
1: beast, absolute
3: absolute unit out there. Should get you on the field sometime. There we go.
1: All right. Um, Sports Radio 950 KJR Wednesday night about 6:20 till 8 o'clock. Um, We will. I don't know if we're gonna have a show on Saturday. I doubt doubt we'll have a show on Saturday. But you can just stay, keep it tuned on uh, dogman.com for everything that's going on. We keep on reminding you people that uh, just a really cool perk for all of uh, our subscribers, current and new subscribers. If you sign up for dogman.com, CBS All Access is included in that. And I didn't think it was a big deal until I went in and saw some of the stuff. So uh, for those who are cutting the cord and not doing Comcast and all that other kind of stuff, it's a real cool perk. It's included in your subscription. If you're not a subscriber, just go ahead and do the seven-day free trial. You can have CBS All Access for that seven days as well. If you don't like it, you're not happy with what you see out there, feel free to cancel. But uh, we work real hard, and I think we do a pretty good job. So for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinolds, along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and George Johnson, the <laughs> sorority monster. Go dogs!